Welcome to On Finding in Talline, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Elias Dolaptis as part of our series on scoring and judging in Muay Thai. As always, if you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, Matt Lucas B- Muay Thai, or email me at a period Matt lucas at gmail.com thanks to all the people that have supported me so far sharing the podcast leaving reviews if you'd like to leave a review that would be super helpful you can do so on the itunes store as always plug for my book on fighting in thailand a guide to the sport in the motherland is a clear guide that goes over things like our topic today scoring and matchmaking picking a gym fight styles gambling muay thai culture and more uh, on Fighting in Thailand educates and helps guide careers by helping save fighters from costly mistakes. Thanks as always to Patrick Rivera for helping getting this show started. This episode is very topical. Uh, recently in Thailand, there's been a lot to do uh, about scoring, um, so even at the stadium. So for instance, recently Nakla uh, Fairtex fought uh, Noor Tarni uh, or Batman. Uh, at Channel 7. A lot of people thought Nakhlub clearly won. Uh, the judges gave it to Nortorani uh, or to Batman. So Prem Busala Bhavan Wongs, the Fairtex Training Center manager, submitted a formal complaint to the Sports Authority of Thailand addressing issues of scoring. So it's not just, you know, people misunderstanding scoring in outside of the country. It's also happens here in Thailand. Another incident that happened recently was with Ongin Topic. He fought at Amnoi Stadium for, I believe it was Jao uh, Muay Thai. It was about two weeks ago on a Saturday. Uh, he fought, he got dropped in the third round against his opponent, Chalawan. Uh, and in the fifth round, he was able to knock down Chalawan. Uh, the judges gave it to Topic, and then the gamblers actually jumped into the ring and start to dispute the scoring and the decision. So there's a lot of you know upset events out here and around the world, and there's a real need for transparency with scoring because, as Elias talks about, there is a subjective element to it. Uh, The more transparent and without bias we can be, the easier it is for fighters to develop, promotions to run smoothly, and the sport to grow. In addition to the interview with Elias, uh, myself, JJ Ferraro, and Stefan Strahmeyer are putting together a package of scoring material that will be available on Patreon. Uh, We're looking to launch it at the end of January, so by the time you listen to this, uh, hopefully a week or two later. uh, We hope to start advertising for it soon and are looking forward to bringing more information about scoring the sport into the world. So for those of you that are not familiar with Elias, he is a long, long-term uh, Muay Thai referee and judge. As he talks about, he got you know his feet wet with uh, WMC and IFMA uh, through Stephen Fox, who was in Australia in the late uh, 90s and early 2000s. He then went on to referee and judge some of the large, large shows in Australia in uh, the early 2000s. The promotion that he worked for, uh, Evolution, was very, very big. It was uh, regularly aired on Fox Sports and had the likes of uh, Swan Mong Kong, uh, Bruce McPhee, uh, Dane, uh, Daddy Dane Cool, um, and of course, John Wayne Parr. It was a real golden era uh, for Australian Muay Thai, and uh, Elias was right there, right in the middle of it. He's gone on to referee at big shows like uh, Roots and Rebellion in Australia, and then also for one championship. So Elias has a lot of information. He's very, very coherent and brings a lot of clarity into understanding scoring and refereeing. Just as a side note, there might be some lags or other issues with the audio. Um, it was filmed or recorded over the internet and Australia has fucking shit internet. 
shit, shit. Well, with that said um, and that caveat, without further ado, the interview with Elias. So thank you, Elias, for coming on the show today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, my man. I'm good. I'm good here in Sydney. Um, we're okay. We're doing all right. Doing yeah. all right. I heard uh, the Australian food in Sydney is one of the best in the country. Better than Melbourne. That's a rumor. At uh, least. Yeah, here we go. We're just starting. Uh, just, just, we just started the podcast, and we're, we're already starting a war. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot better than Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well. Uh, to some degree, that is what we're going to talk about because uh, we're going to talk about refereeing and specifically judging. Um, so, yes. you know, obviously we're judging at cuisine already, but uh, yeah. we'll focus more on Muay Thai things. Can you give me a little background at first as to how you got into refereeing and judging? Man, it was purely by accident. Um, so what happened here in Sydney, uh, in 2000, it was approximately 2003. So what had happened, it was more kickboxing than Muay Thai back uh, here at that, at that time. Um, so, so, so Stephen Fox had come down with a few ties and we did a show, a very small show here in Sydney, um, and we didn't have any referees. So they threw me in. Um, uh, so it was uh, accidental, I guess. Um, but being in the ring as a referee was, um, it was awesome because I could see everything. Uh, I could, um, you know, hear all the shots and I wasn't hurting, you know? Um, <laughs> so it was a bit different than, than being an athlete, you know, being a fighter. So um, it, yeah, it, it was just awesome. So just from that night being thrown in the ring um, to referee, I just thought, man, this is a great seat, you know, it's the best seat in the house. Um, you get to enjoy the fights um, from up close, very up close. Um, and just fell in love with it, man. Yeah. Okay, so you said that, that was in 2003. So the sport has developed, obviously, a lot over the years. Um, was that a WMC event? Was that early IFMA days? Or what sort of happened from there? Yeah, it, 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 it was just a small pro show. Mm -hmm. A small little professional show. Um, like I said, uh, we might we may have had six or seven bouts on that night. Um, but like I said, Stephen brought a few of the ties over. Um, so we threw, you know, they, they got in the ring with uh, uh, one or two of our um, Australian lads that had a bit more experience at that time. Um, yeah, and you know, it sort of built from, uh, like, like from there immensely. Immensely, yeah. you know, it's come, a, it's come a long way. Come a long way since about the early, very early yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And now you are refereeing on one, you're doing shows in Australia, uh, you've worked Rebellion. Uh, what are some of the other shows you've worked on, uh, both nationally and internationally? All right, look, my first big show was um, on the big show on, um, on um, Evolution. So, uh, when it, I mean, Evolution is not around now, but Evolution back then, uh, you know, it's one of our premier, one of our best shows. Um, uh, so that was my jump to the limelight, I guess. That was the first, that was broadcast here on Fox Sports, mm -hmm. uh, here, here in Australia. Um, but apart from that, before that, you know, IFMA, that's where I did my apprenticeship and uh, my international career. I started that off in back, back in 2004. And then just to the local, uh, local shows here in, here in Sydney and um, around Australia. And then I was fortunate enough to also be flown around the world. Uh, I did Evolution in Malaysia. Um, uh, yeah, it was just a few pro shows, yeah, yeah just around the world. And, and also the Eagles. Mm. Were, I guess that sort of took me around the world as well, yeah. Okay. And the Challenger. I did the uh, TV series Challenger as well. Mm. Uh, that was the uh, second season of The Contender, correct? Correct, yeah. It wasn't called The Contender anymore. It was right. The yeah, I remember it. Uh, when my friends Michael Chase Corley, an American, was on that, and he talks about it in his book Muay Thai Grit. Um, so, uh, but yep, Captain America, you got that right. 
Uh, so let, let's uh, talk a little bit about some of the base level experience that you got. So you jumped right into the ring, but then you started doing more IFMA stuff. Can you talk a little bit about the pros and cons of that? And you said it was an apprenticeship. What, what did you learn? And, you know, at that time, IFMA was still in its very, very early days. Um, how was it developing in terms of real set and scoring at the same time? Yeah, look, IFMA, look, I think IFMA is great because as an official, you get to officiate so many bouts in a day and also over a week. So you probably do um, the amount of bouts you do back home. So in your, what you wouldn't do that many bouts as you would at IFMA. So at any point when you start out, there's about 30 bouts a day approximately. And until they knock each other out and go to the finals, right? Um, the great thing about IFMA is that you have the ties there teaching you, mentoring you, but you're also around like-minded people, other officials from around the world who have come together. So for about a week, seven, eight days, whatever it is, all you're talking about, all you're doing is officiating, you know? Um, what you're doing wrong in the ring, what you're doing correct in the ring, uh, you're judging, you're everything. Um, I guess the big development from then to now, so the scoring, judging, it's very similar, it hasn't changed that much, but the thing that I love about IFMA now is the electronic scoring, where you can see the score after each and every round. Um, I just think that's fantastic because, they, you know, when, when you watch sports like basketball or soccer, you know the score, so you can put the ring on and you can see red teams winning or blue teams winning or it's, or it's even right. Whereas with, with Muay Thai and sometimes the combat sports, we don't know who's winning or who wins until right at the end, you know? And sometimes you think that blue's winning, and then at the end of the three rounds or five rounds, whatever it may be, it's a big surprise that it's gone to the other corner. Um, so it's one, and I hope that that would develop in the rest of the combat sports where the score is a bit more transparent or where we can see it after each and every round. Um, it, uh, it just it just takes away that surprise element at the end, but it also changes the game that you know sometimes red think they're winning, you know they think they're winning you know the first round and the second round, but now when they can see the score and they can also see that they're losing, now the, the game changes. So red's chasing, blue's defending, so it just changes the dynamic of the game. Um, and I I think there's more positives than negatives um, in regards to that. Yeah, that's a, it's very interesting, you know, seeing IFMA live uh, doing that scoring. The boxers will, you know, protect their points. And to some degree, you know, it's similar to the gambling system out here in Thailand. You know, you, you have a lot of, like, line groups, like chat groups, that will give you the odds every single round and even be updating during the round. So the, the fighters will know, okay, I am ahead, oh, I'm behind. Uh, you know, obviously, the thing about that versus the direct scoring is sometimes the judges will not agree with the gamblers, and then it becomes, you know, an issue. Um, yeah. Uh, but why? Um, why do you? As a sport, I mean, as a sport, Matt, I, I know the thing about Muay Thai is that we have Muay Thai in Bangkok and Thailand. Mm-hmm. And when you come to the rest of the world, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, no, there's less of that gambling. We don't have that, I guess, in the rest of the world, we don't have that like gambling. We're in, you know, Bangkok, uh, Thailand, I guess the rest of Thailand, where, where it's different. It's a different different environment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So when you're looking at the sport as a whole and growing the sport internationally, um, and I just think that also the spectators, mm-hmm. the spectators like, you know, you're watching something and you've got to wait, you know, three rounds or five rounds to see who's going to win, <laughs> you know? I mean, when, when you tune in, you'd like to know who, like, who, who's in front, who's leading mm-hmm. or something, you know? We don't see the story, like, with the, with the, score, with the scoring, that is. We don't see the story of who's winning, who's losing until right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes people forget what's happened in round one or round two. And then, you know, we only focus on the action of what's happening in round five, mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that could be different to the rest of the scoring. So it just, look, look I, I, I would just wait for that to be more transparent, it's going to be more transparent. Um, Bangkok, Thailand, I know 
little bit different to the rest of the world. Uh, but just on an international thing, I think it could be a good thing to educate the spectators and the general audience as well. Apart from influencing, or sorry, um, you know, the game. Like, mm-hmm. You know, the coaches and the athletes, they know they're up, they're down, uh, you know, and then you play with the, you know, either Yeah, I think that's a very good point and a very positive direction, just the transparency and scoring. It's sort of interesting, you know, there's because there are different scoring systems, you know, internationally, Thailand, and even within Thailand, you know, you have Max Muay Thai, which was very, very easy for laymen to score. You move forward, you're attacking, you're winning. You know, at the stadiums, it's more complicated because you can be on the retreat and still be effectively uh, scoring. You know, the the person moving forward isn't effective in their aggression. The person, uh, you know, moving back or around is being effective with their attack. So the scoring is different. And uh, that, you know, in terms of layman sort of like view, it's harder to understand that version. Um, so, you know, going through this sort of apprenticeship phase, was there, you know, uh, like a sort of official, uh, you know, learning process or was it very organic in the way that you learned things? It was, um, so look, we, we would do, um, we do the event and then the day after we would do workshops and mentoring of what we did correct, what we didn't do correct, where we can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so just just that feedback, you know, just that feedback, watching, and also watching other people, you know, other people make mistakes, you make mistakes. So there's so much happening that you just, there's so much information that you can get from, um, especially the influence, because there's just so much happening, you know, mm-hmm. there's so many bouts during the day and you're there um, like the whole day, but plus you've got, You've got the tie, the ties there as well, you know, because they come and volunteer, and um, and you've got, uh, you know, you got you got the ties, or you know, the official, the tie officials from Channel Seven, um, some from Lupini, you know, some from Raja, they come and hop out. So just having those guys there, mate, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing to be taught and be mentored by by these guys, you know. And then you've got Dr. Tuck's one, you know, um, the head poncho, that he he's, he's you can't beat him. He's, he's like one of the best. Yeah. Um, and then he's helping you as well. So it's just um, there's so much education there, um, and it's just it, it's really good. It's a, it's really good. And can you talk about maybe one or two specific things that you learned during your IFMA you know apprenticeship? Was there anything that really stuck out, like even small um, details? I guess scoring. Scoring was a big one. Mm-hmm. Scoring was a big one. So. Scoring is like let's just uh, let's use the sport of basketball. So every time you make a shot and it goes through the hoop, you get a point, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're within the D, you make two points. If you're outside, you make three points, right? Mm-hmm. So with IFMA, it's all about not just seeing who's moving forward and throwing stuff. It's about who's being effective, who's effective scoring, and then you keep a tally. You can keep a tally on your hands mm-hmm. of who's down, right? Because you just don't watch the bow and then at the end of the round, okay, you won. So, like basketball, mentally, we have to think, okay, so maybe we have red, so we'll be counting red on our right hand and blue on our left, right? Mm-hmm. So, every time red makes a point, okay, one. You know, there's an exchange happening, no, no points, then red makes another one, you know, another one. And then when we get to about E5, that's about a 10 9 round. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and then when you go, when it becomes more, when you're closing your hand, you know, if they make about 10 scoring points, that's about a 10-8, approximately, like, generally, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, from red, if blue comes up, and you go on the blue, you know, you go on the other hand, and you can in points for blue. Mm-hmm. So that made judging, I guess, easier for me, hearing mm-hmm. that from the ties, how they do it, mm-hmm. how they sort of keep track of who's leading at every point of the game. Mm-hmm. So not just... You know, at 30 seconds, at a minute, you're always keeping track of who's leading and who's in front, you know, and how, you know, if, if, if someone takes over, you're keeping track of that. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest things I've learned in, 
out there is keeping track of the score. Yeah. That, yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, the way I do it is often I think about it as a race. Uh, so, okay, you know, I'll do, you know, finger examples. You know, okay, red is winning, so my right hand is going up. Okay, blue is coming up. Okay, the left comes up. Or, you know, you think about it as like a dial. You know, okay, you know, one side is red, one side is blue. Okay, red, okay, blue is coming back. Red is, you know, and I... I I've heard that system before as well, yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard the counting. I mean, it's sort of the same general idea, though. Um, and it, it, it is. It is. It just keeps you mental note mm -hmm. of what's going on. Like, so you, don't, you don't sit there for three minutes. And because sometimes when you're not keeping track of what's going on, sometimes you forget what's happened in the first part of the fight. Uh, mm -hmm. sorry, the first part of the round. You know? And then, so it just, it's just a good mental way of, at every stage, keeping... You know, keeping the tally of what's going on, keeping mm -hmm. the alert, you know. Because mm -hmm. um, otherwise you can sort of drift off, you know. Yeah. Sort of drift off. And then I guess the second point that um, I've learned from there is never, I, I guess, so don't be biased. Mm -hmm. So the only thing we see when as officials, we don't see names, we see red corner and blue corner, and that's it. Mm -hmm. No? Don't put faces, don't put countries. Uh, well, they were fighting countries, right? But that helped me so much mm -hmm. when I did like that. So when I, I guess when I stepped into the big, you know, to the big fights, you know, when, when, you know, on back then in evolution, you know, you've got like fighters like, you know, Wayne Parr and, you know, when they're fighting, you can't go in there as a referee or as a judge and think, oh, man, that's Wayne Parr. You know, you can't be that fanboy. You've got to be red corner, blue corner, because if you allow yourself to sort of, um, oh, you know, that's Wayne Parr, that's, that's, that's Weber, then biases, without subconsciously, just you become biased without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've always put red corner, blue corner, and that's it, mm -hmm. you know? So it, it's, um, I guess they're the two big things I've sort of walked away from there. And, and just one more thing, just, I guess, the third thing, the athlete's safety. Mm -hmm. You know, with athletes as a referee, the athlete's safety is paramount. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, uh, your role as a referee is um, uh, the athlete's safety is number one. Mm -hmm. And then fairness and, you know, the rest of the followers, but their safety is number one. Mm -hmm. That's our priority. Yeah. Um, so let's talk, uh, sort of hit on those points. Uh, first, let's talk about bias. Um, you know, yeah. as someone that is in the Muay Thai community for a long time, you know a lot of people, you end up, you know, you're friendly with people. This is normal. We, we all work in the same industry. How, how do you uh, sort of separate yourself and how do you not have bias or how do you deal with maybe your own bias that you might have? Yeah, yeah. Look, like I said, you switch off from seeing people and you just focus on the colour of red and blue, the corners, yeah? Um, the only time, I guess, I walk away from, um, what do you call it, bouts, not officiating bouts, mm -hmm. is when people from my own gym are competing. Um, because sometimes there's a conflict of interest. Um, when I started off, I had to sort of officiate our people as well, only because we didn't have enough officials at that time. And the bias, was because I was training them as well, you know, holding pads and stuff. On when they fought, I usually went against them because they didn't because they didn't fight to what I thought they should fight. Mm. I went against them, so the bias was even though I was trained not to be biased, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but because they didn't perform to my my thing, they lost. And then when I viewed the the video, it was like, oh man, what have I done? <laughs> you know, so with. I guess when, when, when you become emotional or if you have, it's very rare that, uh, as, like I said, it's only from people in my gym that I step away. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, it's, you know, you know everyone, and it, it, it's just a sport. Yeah. Know? So, mm -hmm. other thing, I mean, red corner, blue corner, that's it. You know, once you focus on that, there's that separation. You know, you can't go in there, oh, that's Wayne Parr, that's Liam Harrison, 
um, you know, oh, Senna, you know, oh, oh Rock Tang, you know, you, mm-hmm. can't, you, can't, you can't be like that. Yeah. Especially with the big fights on my yeah. championship, mm-hmm. where you've got so big superstars, man, if you go in there as a fanboy, <laughs> you just get too dumb. Because, yeah. you, you know, just like your number, just going in there. So you, you really have to be, number one, what's my duty? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's my job? I'm here, I'm here, I'm doing a duty. Mm-hmm. And what my duty is, uh, if I'm a judge, that I need to be scoring fairly, I need to be seeing, I need to be looking and watching who's making points, who's not making points, you know? Um, so it's all about, once you go in there, so as a fighter, you've got to click in and think, okay, tonight I have to do my job. Mm-hmm. I have a duty to do, I have a responsibility, you know, I have to take care, as a referee, I have to take care of the athletes, you know, their safety, make sure that they compete within, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, within the rules. No one's breaking the rules, making fouls, you know, someone is on to pull them up. So that's the way, you just got to think, okay, I'm on, this is my job, I need to do my duty. Yeah, I, I think that really answers one of my other questions, like, you know, what is the mindset of a judge or referee, you know, just having this idea of duty and fairness and like, you know, that being the overall sort of view of how you're looking at the bout rather than, oh, I want Rod Tang to win over, you know, Pet Dom or something like that. They want you to start putting faces. Mm-hmm. Like I said, subconsciously, without even wanting to, you, you, that advice can creep in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you just really got it. Okay, I'm doing my duty. There's red corner, there's blue corner. Okay, let's compete. You know, let the let let the boxes win on their merit. Mm-hmm. You know, not because of my bias, mm-hmm. but because of their merit. You know, so let's sit here, let's do our duty, count the points. You know, keep our tally. Or as a referee, keep them safe, keep them keep them fair, and uh, let, let let's do our job. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting that you keep uh, sort of denoting, okay, it's not Ratang, it's Blue Corner. It's not Pet Dom, it's Red Corner. Just, I think that's a really smart mental tool to sort of separate them. Um, But moving on a little bit, uh, you hit on athlete safety being so important. How do you take care of the athletes and what are signs that when they are okay and when, what are signs when they might be in trouble and what do you do about that? Okay, that's, <laughs> uh, being in the ring, so being so close to the athletes, um, when someone is on the back foot, um, and I'm not talking about going backwards and fighting and um, you know throwing weapons going backwards, but when you're going backwards and this impact happening, um, as a referee, we try to position ourselves to look at the eyes of the athlete, the one that's getting hit. So what, we look, so what I'm sort of looking for is not only the eyes, but you sort of pan up and down. So the feet, you look at the feet, you know, are they stable or are they wobbly, you know? Because the eyes may be okay, but the feet tell a different story. Mm-hmm. And also it can be the other way. Sometimes you see the eyes, you know, they're getting a bit, you see that they're not focusing. You know, you can see that something's wrong. So sometimes you step in and you give a count. So the importance of a count is the athlete safety. So as a referee, I'm assessing, as I'm counting, I'm also looking at the athlete to assess pain and concussion, mm-hmm. and or concussion. So I'm, I'm looking to see, can they continue the round? You know, can they continue? So that's, that's a um, uh, that's what we're looking for. I, I guess when you're refereeing, you're moving around. Like I said, the one that's receiving that's receiving um, receiving the strikes, you want to be looking for um, you know their feet. Are they stable? Are they wobbly? The eyes, you know, are, are they focusing? Are they, you know, can you see just? The- we're talking about athlete safety, looking at them in the eyes. Um, yeah. What are some other points? You said that like you're looking at pain um, and assessing signs of concussion. I'm sort of familiar more with signs of concussion, but what are some of the signs of, say, pain where you might be concerned about the athlete's safety? 
so what if the paint like a receiving too many leakings? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know they can't put the weight on that leg. You know that can be a sign. You know if, if it impacts the game or if it impacts um, if they're coming into an unsafe, I guess um, uh, putting themselves in an unsafe position, then you can put a count. You know, just for that, uh, you know, if they're receiving too many leg kicks, mm-hmm. see if that can continue. If that can, because, you know, sometimes on one leg, you can't, can't fight, um, you know, your safety is compromised there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, sometimes you receive a body shot, you know, kicking, bang, the body. You receive one, you go down, um, you know, jump in and give them a count to see can they continue? Is everything okay? You know, so they've got about, you know, eight seconds. So they, they, they've got to make the. The um, what do you call it? Um, the ten count, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or the eight count, sorry, the eight count. So you're just assessing pain or concussion, more so concussion. You know, you're assessing can they, but also like things like sometimes when the shoulder comes down, mm-hmm. sometimes they may throw a punch, or sometimes they're clinching, and all of a sudden, oh, something comes out. You know, um, so you can give a count because at the end of the day, if everything is legal, you know, there's no foul, but their shoulder pops out. You know, they've got ten seconds to to. Uh, to box on, mm-hmm. so can't box on, they lose, you know. Yeah. Um, unless foul, unless it's a foul, then you know we investigate that. But um, in a, if there's uh, everything is good, you know that's how one way we can, uh, I guess, paint. You know, mm-hmm. paint. Yeah. Um, and then I guess. I know a little bit more about it, but can you talk about the signs of concussion that you're looking at? Yeah. Okay. So when you're counting, you know. Is the athlete following your count? You know, are they acknowledging the count? Are they looking at you or are they looking, you know, on the floor, to the sky? Are they focusing? Okay, so you're counting, so you're focusing on the eyes and just quick pan, you know, down to the feet as well. Because when you get them, you know, after you sort of go to A, sometimes you get them, depending on, so different commissions around the world do it a little bit differently. Uh, in Thailand, it's eight chalk, you know, you go mm-hmm. on. But some commissions, I guess internationally, when you go to eight, they want they want you to bring the athlete to make excuse me, they want to see two steps that they can take two good steps. Um, sometimes when they, they wobble, that's it. Yeah, so, so that could be one of concussion, you know. When um, so sign of concussion, the eyes, you know, are they focusing or are they rolling around, are they too lazy? And also I guess the feet, the all the balance, are they puppets or are they falling over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, good synopsis. Um, can you talk about adjusting to different rule sets? Uh, because you've worked in both IFMA and then One and then Rebellion. Can you talk about how things are different in different, you know, sort of rule sets? Look, my, uh, look uh, the base, Muay Thai is Muay Thai, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the rule sort of similar. What changes sometimes is... Um, uh, <sighs> Not much, uh, you know, I guess the entertainment factor sometimes changes things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with one, you know, when there's, you've got a big production, you know, you've got to be wary of where the cameras are, mm-hmm. uh, where to face, where to deal. Um, but I guess in, in regards to the rules, um, it's fairly consistent, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so whether you're doing IFMA or, or whether you're doing a pro show, uh, but then again, IFMA is like a higher level. They're high-level athletes as well. Mm-hmm. They're not really that. I mean, I know the word amateur is there, but they're really not amateurs. It's mm-hmm. sort of. I guess it's not like coming out with boxing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Olympic boxing is not called amateur boxing anymore. It's called Olympic boxing. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that if not, will go down at R2 because they're all elite athletes. Mm-hmm. There's no one in the. There's no one in the Ifmas that's what do you call it? That's amateur. Yeah. They're all the best in the world. Some of the best in the world. There, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so adjusting to, I guess, the environment, it just, uh, I guess it's just a little bit of the entertainment, you know, be wary where the cameras are, um, what you say when you're wiped up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you're not wiped up, you know, when you're not wiped up, uh, when, 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 you, when we have a white frame right here, you're a little bit more wary of what to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, but that's it. But look, Muay Thai is Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just follow it in there, do the duty. And that's it, you know, get to that final frame of let's do, let's do the job. And, and that's it. Yeah, so uh, just to go off of that, um, one, the, you know, totally agree with you. A lot of the IFMA athletes are very, very good. And Mon Barlow, 
uh, fought this year, Capitan, uh, Jimmy Vino, um, you know, a lot of elite level athletes have gone on to fight professionally or have fought professionally before. That said, uh, it does seem like IFMA does do counts a bit easier or is a little more, you know, um, lenient with the referees giving them because it's, it doesn't automatically mean, uh, my understanding at least, is you get an eight count at IFMA, it doesn't automatically mean you lose a round or it's a 10-8, round. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, the rules of Muay Thai, like I said, even the scoring of Muay Thai with IFMA, so the count, so if the count, there is no awarding of a point. Mm -hmm. So the count, did it increase the score? Mm. Or did it affect the score in any way? Mm. But even professional Muay Thai, so this is some, uh, it's a little bit of a misconception, I guess. Um, so professional Muay Thai, yes, we do award a point for the knockdown, but also, the thing we also have to keep in mind, right, is that if the judges do not agree with the referee's count, they do not have to. De they do not have to award a point for the knockdown. Mm. So, so sometimes what happens, right? Sometimes we count, and, and, and the judge says, "No, no, no, it's too early. No, no, you can't. You know, I don't agree with that." So they don't award a point. So um, there's no point awarding for thing. But also on the other side, say a judge. So maybe as a referee, we miss the count. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we thought, okay, they drop. Uh, we didn't see the heat or whatever, we thought it was asleep, they got up, then we go on, right? So as a referee, if we miss a count and the judge thinks that, hey, that should have been a count, then they can award a point for the knockdown. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so the knockdown, so there's this, oh, I guess like I said, in, 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 in Muay Thai, you can be knocked down and still come back and win the round. Mm -hmm, yeah. Because the first thing is, right, we have to so take the knockdown, the knock down out we have to judge this we have to score the round just for what happened in the round right mm -hmm. so let's just say red got 10 points red got 10 and we gave blue nine points right mm -hmm. just for the round because we thought red won by small margin blue lost that round right but then red also had knockdown on blue so now we award red uh red corner a point so that becomes 10 8. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, let's just say when the other way, say red's winning, and then somehow blue, bam, knocks mm -hmm. down red, so red receives a count, right? So, if red wasn't winning much, so we would have given red 10 and blue 9, mm -hmm. yeah? But because blue knocked red down, then we give blue a point, so that becomes 10-10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the one that gets knocked down doesn't necessarily mean they lose the round. Mm -hmm. So first, they have to, we assess, the round, and then we take the knockdowns into consideration of did it increase the score or did it do nothing? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, go ahead. Does that make sense? Does that, does that yeah, it makes sense. Um, you know, I've done a few scoring seminars. I've done a WBC scoring seminar before, and they, you know, talk about it in a very, very similar way. I think what is difficult, though, is in these circumstances when they're, you know, okay, we, you know, red and blue are fighting, red is winning, but then gets knocked down. You know, a lot of people are going to think, oh, it's automatically a 10-8 round for blue. Uh, because you know the the education of the scoring system is not that good, uh, but that is not absolutely. the case. Um, absolutely, absolutely. So you know something we talked about, and well, something that we will talk about as well is uh, so you know the athlete getting up right away, or you know maybe different rule counts. Uh, one thing that I remember uh, was when Onion Topic fought Samapet. Uh, so he, uh, like towards the end of the fight, Topic, I think, clipped Samapet with a right hand or an elbow, and Samapet dropped and sprung right back up. Um, oh, no, no, it was the other way. Topic got dropped and then sprung right back up. Um, you gave him a count. Uh, in watching it as a, you know, watching it on my TV, you know, my, my laptop, you know, I was like, oh, did Topic really deserve the count? 
Um, so there's so there's basically two points to talk about here. Is one, um, you know, just being in the ring and assessing these situations, and two. Um, uh, there was a second point. I will think of it though. Um, oh, deal, dealing with the criticism of like, oh, okay, you know, like I don't think topics should have been counted, but Elias gave it to him. So I guess the two points are to address are the criticism and like the yeah. assessing of actually happening. Yeah. Um, look, sometimes so angles we mm -hmm. were standing or we were viewing the bow right? So we can all be watching the same event, but depending on what angle where you're sitting and watching from can affect, um, I guess, how you see that event, right? So me being in the ring there, I remember the punch went in, the head going back. So I'm thinking, he's going down, I've jumped in mm -hmm. to give a count. Sometimes they spring back up. Mm -hmm. yeah so sometimes we so that's what that's one point before as well is that on the scoring side of things if the judges did not agree with my decision then they did not have to deduct the point or sorry award a point mm -hmm. um so uh look safety athlete safety like i said is paramount mm -hmm. and sometimes like i said uh, as a referee we have this much time yeah like I said, sometimes on the night, on that angle, when we watch it again on video, sometimes watching it from the video from a different angle, we think differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay? But if you're there for the athlete safety, that's the main thing. You know, as long as they leave safely, you know, the criticism, look, you just you, 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 you just move it. You yeah. know, mm -hmm. I would rather deal with criticism that somebody getting seriously hurt mm -hmm. or even worse claim. So um, look, sometimes like I said, we have this much time mm -hmm. to make a decision, you know? So you'd rather go with safety because criticism like sometimes doesn't matter what you do, when, when you make a decision, Red will be happy with you <laughs> or not. Mm -hmm. And it goes, so criticism is just part of the game. Mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. have, you have to be, uh, ready for that, but as long um, you know you, you're doing your duty, you know that's the main thing. And the fighters' safety of it's paramount. It's paramount. And sometimes they're not happy with you after. Um, and, and look on the, on the scoring side, if, if we make an error. Okay, so uh, you were talk we were talking about scoring and knockdowns, um, specifically, you know, some of the errors and criticism dealing with that. But on the scoring side, uh, if you make an error, uh, what do you do then? Wow, that's a, a sports in general that have some judgment where human when the judgment is part of the scoring system but it's basically subject uh, I guess to a what do you call it to criticism whether it be uh, whether it's gymnastics um, boxing or no, 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 no. are you there Matt? yeah yeah I'm there I turned off the video uh, that way, hopefully, the connection is a little better. Yeah, maybe turn off your video as well. Yep, I think uh, the audio sounds better already. Oh, okay, cool. So, uh, uh, just going back to this... Um, you know, talking, you were talking about errors in, on the scoring side. Can you elaborate on that? Yes, yeah, so look, errors on the scoring side, what, what was for angles? Where you sitting? So judge one, judge two, judge three, right? You're viewing about different angles. So what happens is that sometimes, um, you know, red corner can be in the view of uh, judge one. 
so they don't see some of the strikes that, you know, that ref's throwing, or sometimes the referee could be in front of the way of judge one. So judge one to judge two sometimes happens that judge one can see the strike, judge two can't see the strike that went in. Um, sometimes the way the athletes are positioned, you know, judge three can't see, you know, you can only see the backs of, of, of the athletes, so they can't, they can't, they can't see if it's scoring or not. Um, uh, that's why, look, having three judges, uh, it, 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 you know, sometimes one gets it wrong, but the other two sort of can see the bigger picture. Because uh, um, on angles, where you're sitting on the night, you know, people see it differently. You know, even the corners, the red corner and blue corner, the trainers, they, they see it differently too. Sometimes the judges as well. Um, but come here, look, in sport, any sport where judgment is, um, is required for scoring is always subjective. Mm-hmm. Whether it's surfing, gymnastics, um, boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, uh, MMA, um, I guess it's very subjective. Yeah. Um, something we touched on was, uh, you know, the impact of criticism and how you have to sort of just do your duty. Um, was there was there ever a time in your career or that you felt like the criticism was impacting you personally or you had to learn how to deal with that? Like, were you always pretty rock solid or was this something that you've had to grow with? Yeah, look, it's something you have to grow with. Um, I guess the criticism, I guess on, you know, now we've won championship, right? Because, you know, there's so much social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and people comment from around the world. Um, sometimes from their own accounts, some, a lot of times from fake accounts. Um, so yeah, it does hurt at some point. Um, but look, at, 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 at the end of the day, if you're, if you're going out there doing your duty, um, as long as you're doing, um, I guess, the best of your ability, um, trying to be in position uh, most of the time. So even like an athlete, uh, a referee can always, cannot always have a perfect match or a perfect game, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you're on the right angle, uh, wrong angle, didn't see this, you missed that, or you're too far back, you're too slow to jump in. Uh, sometimes you're too quick to count, sometimes you miss a count. Um, but look, at the end of the day, if you're positioning and you're trying to minimize your mistakes and you're doing your best, um, I guess, and, and you know, the fight, you're taking care of the athletes, um, you know, the criticism is just part of it. You just got to sort of like, um, you know, just cop it on the chin sometimes. Yeah. Uh, because honestly, sometimes you make a decision, sometimes you have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. One of the corners and their supporters are not going to be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, only, and sometimes you see that, you know, clearly, clearly a count should have gone on red, but you know, their fans and their supporters will criticize you because, you know, emotionally. So fans and I guess corners and um, supporters, they, I guess they're, they're more, uh, they're judging on emotion mm-hmm. as opposed to the rules and proper story. Um, so sometimes you've got to take that into account as well, you know, it's that, you know, they're, 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 they're running on emotion, but you're running on uh, non-bias and sticking to the rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, just going back to that duty of following the rules and the athletes. Um, you know, something you talked about was sometimes judges and referees might have off days. Um, what are ways to prevent that from happening? And do you do uh, continuing education? And what does that look like? Continuing education on myself? Or- yeah, yeah, in terms of scoring and refereeing, like how, you know... Because if, if we do have off days, how do we prevent that? Or how do we get better as judges and referees? As, okay, yeah, look, the more you do, uh, good mentorship is good, having a good leader. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at one championship, having uh, our managers there, and especially having Matt Hume there, that's, that's just uh, incredible. Working with Matt Hume is just incredible. Um, he's so good. Um, and. That was a different learning. So the, the, the one thing that ties always told me, never ever stop learning. Mm-hmm. Always strive and continue to learn. So I guess 
also watching different disciplines, trying to do sometimes like um, a lot of my uh, Thai teachers, they also do boxing, Western boxing. Uh, they've told me to also do Western boxing because they have good education processes as well. Um, trying to do different disciplines as well. Um, trying to, because sometimes, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, seeing another discipline will reinforce what you know and sometimes can help you understand um, a rule which maybe you didn't, wasn't clear to you before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess for me, teaching, teaching uh, Muay Thai scoring and um, you know judging and all the rest of it, um, I think teaching helps a lot as well because you need to explain to people what's happening. So when you're teaching, you're also, as yourself, you're learning because sometimes people ask questions back which sometimes you haven't thought about or they challenge you, which is good. It's good to be challenged because it makes you think um, and it also challenges the way you think. You know, am I, you know, am I doing this correctly or should I be looking at this from another angle? Um, so I guess, and also just watching, um, you know, because now social media, it's just so good. You can watch as many bouts as you want, you know, go, going on to social media or YouTube or just watching bouts and scoring there, um, you know, watching, I mean, one of the best things, I mean, back when I sort of started, we didn't have social media or internet wasn't what it is now. So I used to go down to, um, you know, down to the Thai, uh, to the local, uh, down in Sydney, the, um, down at Thai Town, and get the, um, the video, the VHS cassettes, you know, put them on and just watch the referees, mm. where they're positioned, how they're breaking, how they're entering to break, um, their fouls, just their everything, you know. Uh, look, continual education, uh, mentorship is a big one, and also creating workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, and just having that attitude, you really need to have an attitude of never, ever stop learning. Mm. You can never know everything. Um, you just continually have to have that mindset of learn and grow. Mm. Learn and grow. That's, that's been my biggest thing, always continually learn and grow. Um, you know, from IFMA, I learned and grew from there. Then going on to WMC, learn and grow from there. Going on to one championship has been a different learning because we're on a really big platform here now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is uh, elite level, man, elite mm-hmm. level, elite level. So you've got to learn and grow from there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you make mistakes, okay, learn and grow from it, man. You know, educate yourself. What can I do better? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess moving on from there, you know, when you make a mistake, is there some sort of final authority that is like telling you you've made a mistake? Because, you know, people will criticize you. This is something we've talked about, but that doesn't necessarily mean you've made a mistake. How... Correct. How do you know when you've made a mistake and, you know, who is holding the referees and judges accountable? Yeah, okay, so there's always like a, um, I guess a head official. Mm-hmm. Head official. Um, okay, so on, on our local shows, uh, on our local shows, we, we do like a group dynamic. So, um, either after, uh, after we finish the bout, uh, if something serious and wrong has gone on, we sort of come together, have a quick, or have the head official go around and say, hey, look, I disagree with what you did here, or something like that. Um, you know, but the way we should be, so, so there's always a head official, uh, and then on the outside where they can see their vision is a bit more, you know, they can sort of see the bigger picture, I guess. Um, so a different angle. Um, so there's always a head official. There's always a head official there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or in, I, I guess in we call it a jury. So mm. There's about three. There's a panel of three or five, uh, depending on, on on the event where they're assessing. Um, uh, they're assessing the referee's performance. They're assessing the judge's performance, and that pretty much happens. So by taking that from there, I've implemented that here in uh, what do you call it. Uh, as much as I can here, uh, here on our local shows, um, but the big shows like one championship, man, you can't you can't hide. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're on the platform. So, um, uh, but look, we have managers, and you have the you know uh, the big bosses, and um, 
But usually yourself, you know, when mm -hmm. you, made a, you, you know when you made an error. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so just a couple more questions. What do you think people don't understand about judging and refereeing that, you know, they should? Um, the scoring system. Mm -hmm. The scoring system, you know, Muay Thai, I guess when you've learned it, it's, I guess it's, um, I guess when you do, you know, when, when you practice for so long, you know, you think it's easy, right? Um, but if you're making pain, you're making, you're, you're making points. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much a point. Um, you know, whether you're punching, throwing an elbow, throwing a knee, or throwing a kick, everything scores equally, but the one that lands with more power, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the one that's sort of um, scoring. You know, mm -hmm. so say there's a puncher versus a kicker, but the kicks don't have a lot of power, but punching is more effective, it's causing more damage mm -hmm. the other one. Um, you know, this big misconception that oh, kicks win over punches. Um, yeah, they do when they executed power mm. um, but you know if red is better with the hands and he's making more damage with the hands by punching red wins mm -hmm. um, you know people think oh a high kick is worth more than this it's you know a low kick is low um, there's no such thing mm -hmm. everything scores equally as long number one it has to be on target so it has to be unblocked um, it has to land on target uh, on a legal target, being the body, um, except the groin, of course. Um, it has to be so we need one target, mm -hmm. two power. So you can't throw a strike and not have power. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes power can be subjective because how can we assess power? Mm -hmm. So power, one way we can balance. Mm -hmm. You know, if I throw a punch, you know, and the head goes back of the opponent, um, you know, power, uh, there should be power there. You know, mm -hmm. if I throw a punch and the, and, and the other opponent doesn't move, you know, more than likely the punch hasn't been effective, so we don't score that. So it's like, I guess in basketball, you know, someone goes up to shoot shoot the ball, but, you know, the opposition block it and it doesn't go through the hoop. There's mm -hmm. no point. Right, right. And it's, it's the same with Muay Thai, you know. If, if, it hasn't, if it's on target, no power, there's no point. So there's three things we need, target, power, and the last one is no foul. Mm -hmm. So, right has to be delivered without infringement. Mm -hmm. So that means I can't hold the rope and deliver a strike. Mm -hmm. um, uh, like the said, Chai, why did the, uh, why noticed the car wheel kick? Mm -hmm. You know, why was that made illegal? Or why, why can't we do that anymore? Because it's considered a foul because anything, anything with the two feet, so the only, Thing that should be touching the canvas floor is the feet. Mm. Anything else at the floor, whether it be the hand, the knee, um, you know, or other body part, a athlete or a boxer is considered down. So an athlete that is considered to be down cannot be struck and mm. cannot strike from a down position. Right. So when the hand hits the floor for that car wheel kick, the hand, so putting the hand on the canvas floor is considered. Uh, the boxer is down, mm. so that's so that now is now a foul. Mm -hmm. So uh, coming back to what are we looking for? Target power and no foul. Mm. All those things need to be there to award a point. Mm. Whether it's a punch, a knee, a kick, or an elbow, it is everything. That's that's what we're looking for to award a point. Awesome. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the first phrases uh, really helps sort of sum up the idea. If you're not making pain, you're not making points. Um, Absolutely. You know, that's very, very clear. You know, Maddie, what, 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 the first, I guess my first introduction to Muay Thai was that uh, documentary, um, Born for the Fight. Mm -hmm. that, that was a phrase that we used, one of the opening lines, I guess, uh, I think it was a journalist. He was a um, he was a fan, and he said, you know, more time is easy if you're making pain, you're making points, mm. um, and that just sort of was always stuck with me, mm -hmm. and it just sort of made more sense because even from my Thai teachers, they 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 they, they use that expression as well. So just it, it's very easy. You're making making pain, you're making points. That's yeah. our that's our game. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, just to wrap things up, is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Uh, 
comes out, combat or Muay Thai or combat sports in general, we get a little bit of bad, uh, I guess a bad reputation. Um, but, you know, combat sports, man, with Muay Thai, the amount of friends and I guess pathways that it has created for myself and other people that I've seen, um, I've traveled nearly, I can't say the whole world, but you know, Muay Thai is taking me global, man. Um, I mean, talking to yourself, like mm. on the podcast, um, it just, it opens up pathways mm. um, and friendships, networking, uh, but also like combat sports, I think is a good base, a good, uh, a good foundation for everyday living as well, mm. because you have that confidence of, you know what, you train hard, you put in your body through that, you can receive strikes, like sometimes you get knocked out, you know what, you get back up, keep training, you move on. Um, you know, I think combat sports is so good, and Muay Thai is just, it, it's just, it's so good for, I, I guess, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's sad that sometimes we only make the headlines when something bad happens in our sport. Mm, right. There's so much good, there's so much good that comes from our sport that never gets shown. Um, so podcasts like yours and other people that, you know, do, uh, I guess social media now is, is great for us because, you know, more people put the more positives of what we do, you know, what we do every day in our gyms, mm-hmm. you know, uh, inspiring people, you know, creating pathways, creating careers, um, you know, it, it just, um, that's the thing that um, I'd like to, everyone to sort of see is the uh, positives yeah it's brought a lot of positives uh, to my life obviously yours and a lot of people we know in common so definitely appreciate you taking your time out to talk um, is there anywhere that people can follow along with you um, or any upcoming workshops or anything like that y- that you're doing uh, look, man, my socials are always there it's, you know, it's my name I guess Insta on, on the gram and uh, on, the, on, on the Facebook. Uh, workshops, we're trying to endeavour to do more here in Australia. Unfortunately now with the pandemic, the COVID pandemic, it sort of, travel has become more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, so trying to get out of uh, Sydney, New South Wales sometimes can be a challenge. Even within Australia, trying to travel within Australia can be a little bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Internationally, hopefully we'll open up you know, but it just, um, at the moment, is a little bit challenging. Um, even with the New South Wales or Sydney, sometimes um, events get cancelled. Mm-hmm. You organise stuff, so um, just a little bit difficult at the moment, but we are, I am hoping to uh, increase the education of judging and scoring and what time, um, you know, like today what we've done is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully more, uh, a lot more workshops in the future, um, provided travel and, of course, this uh, COVID pandemic, we can uh, sort of get over that. Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully we'll see more of you. Thank you so much. No, thank you, my man. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. This is a very, very simple way of looking at scoring and then uh, breaking it down into those three components, targeting, uh, power, and then no fouls. So targeting being where is the blow landing and is the blow landing clean? So is the blow landing uh, flush on the ribs or is it just, you know, hit with the foot? So, you know, the shin impacting the ribs uh, you know, in terms of targeting, that can be a different, uh, you know, power and impact of amount of pain than if it's uh, the foot. In the same way, you know, talking about balance is, or uh, talking about power is very, very important. One of the ways you can sort of look at that is 
looking at, okay, is the person going off balance? Is their head snapping back? Is their leg crippling? Are they able to maintain their posture and composure? Uh, the last point, of course, you know, no fouls. Uh, so, you know, if, a, if the two fighters are, you know, attacking the same targets uh, with the same power, the boxer that has fouled the least is going to be winning. So I think, you know, Elias brought a lot of clarity. Hopefully we are able to get him to do some content and stuff for us uh, for this upcoming um, project I'm doing with JJ Ferraro and Stefan Strautmeier, as I talked about before. We're looking to launch that towards the end of January, early February. So new year uh, with a new goal of really, really growing the sport and really understanding how the sport works on its fundamental scoring criteria. This has been On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics of and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people.